Welcome to the See You Next Summer podcast. I am your host, Billy Pollahan, and with me, as always, is the, hmm, how do I put this, the Roman of this series. <laughs> oh, no, it's, uh, well, we'll call him the ghost face of this series because of the meta shit. Anyway, uh, Raul's with me. <laughs> I direct, Billy. I direct. Uh, and I already, I already put a spoiler warning for the last episode spoilers <laughs> right away spoilers um, right away we're gonna spoil the shit of us screen two and three we're gonna spoil the shit out of all of them even the yes. new one so even the new just, maybe we don't know yet we don't know how we're gonna treat the new one though yes we don't know yet. even though we will do this and we do uh, this yeah we're talking scream two and three we debated mm-hmm. about doing out entire episode dedicated to just scream two and then scream three scream four but we decided we want a proper episode for the new one mm-hmm. which is gonna be itself a little weird because we don't really you do new movies yeah well it's because we're busy covering a bunch of other stuff there's too much uh good cinema and mm-hmm. yeah it's and also if you're talking about formula every season we do at least one new movie that's true at even though this year we're trying to get rid of a couple franchises. So this is the franchise yes. season. <laughs> this is the franchise season, yes. Yeah, and then <laughs> next year, well, you'll see. I got yeah. a plan. Ooh, calm yourself, Billy Feige. Yeah, but... <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah, we're talking Scream 2 and 3, released in 1997 and... 2000. 2000, damn. Where were you those years? Oh, yeah. And Scream 2 released less than a year after the first movie because it was so popular. Not only that, Kevin Williamson wrote the treatment for the sequel right after he wrote the Scream 1. So he already had the story. So he wrote it like super quick when the movie hit really big. Hmm. Going super quick. Not usually the the way to do it, but... (laughs) But if you think about it, it... is a really amazing sequel, and that's technically the debating. One of the things Scream 2, when you see the cinema class, they're like, it was like, a, but what if the killer is doing a real life sequel? I was like, well, name a, a movie better than the sequel, uh, uh, better than the original Aliens. It was like, a, it was like, no, Alien is better. Even, even Randy says, like, yes, everybody loves really Scott. Duh. I was like, T2 <laughs> and Buffy. You had a hard boner for Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I will also like to throw in there Toy Story 2, Blade Runner 2049, mm-hmm. Kung Fu Panda 2, mm-hmm. How to Train Your Dragon 2, mm-hmm. of course, Shrek 2. Yes, yes. Um, shoot, what's another good sequel that's better than the original? Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. Part of my dog. She is just... She's a bitch. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> Both literally and figuratively. Well, but, Evil yeah. Dead could Evil Dead Two count though, but even though it feels like a remake of Evil Dead One, it's basically just a soft remake, sort mm-hmm. of. It's, it's just treated as its own thing. But yeah, Evil Dead Two. It's the, always the debate of which sequ- uh, the sequel that is better than the original. Mm-hmm. Kung Pao Two. Um, there is no compare to this. So says you. Um, <laughs> X Men Two. I put it in debate. Oh, X Men Two. 
X2 is way better than the original. But there are a lot of great sequels. But seriously, Shrek 2 also. That Mm -hmm. is just... Oh my gosh, it's so iconic. Every scene in that movie is just so good. Um, Yeah, but is Scream 2... Scream two, is Scream 2 up there? Yes. Is it better than the first one, though? No. no. Not for me. No, no not, not, for, me. not for me neither. Oh, yeah. Empire Strikes Back. How could I forget about Star Wars? Yes. And you know what? I'll say Last Jedi as well. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it is technically a sequel to Force Awakens. So. Because it's a trilogy. Yeah, so technically, if you treat it that way, yes. It is a second part. But yes. Um, You want to go over... Um, just Let, let's talk about the Jada Pinkett Smith about the beginning. This is a staple yeah. of the screen movies. There's always that kind of like short film. Every they always of the kill an established actor. Yes, or there's somebody that's in there that's established. In the last one, it was Drew Barrymore, and this time it's Jada Pinkett Smith. For some reason, not Smith yet. Oh, Jada, only Jada Pinkett. Pinkett. That's true. <laughs> she wasn't married to Will Smith yet. Forgot, but uh. This time, it takes place in Windsor College, Mm -hmm. which is in Ohio. Ohio? Really? (laughs) It's it's Ohio. Um, Yeah, and also, I love that they're doing the line to go to a a free screen of staff, and I love the setup of the whole damn theater. You see that fucking hand, like, stabbing and everything. And you see, like, the hat and everything. I love Jada Pinkett Smith. And she's like, oh, but I want to see Pinkett? a Sandra... Oh, sorry, Jada Pinkett. Yeah. She's like, I want to see a Sandra Bullock movie. Which is like, come on, scary movies are really good. I was like, a... and I was like, but uh, do you think that Sandra Bullock is going to be, like, Miss Ethnicity? Because she's like, in scary movies, especially they're not, they don't care about the black characters. And I love how he, the boyfriend, gets to the front, to the box office. Can I get a ticket for a black movie with a black cast, black costumes, black production? And I'm like, they didn't, they didn't got to see Black Panther twenty years later. Well, they didn't have Tyler Perry movies back then either. So that either too mm-hmm. <laughs> is that the a gross t- stereotype? It probably, probably, but it's also, it's also very true. Hey, the Tyler Perry studio is a billion, more than a billion dollar industry. Yeah, because they make a billion movies. That's mm-hmm. why. <laughs> and. Yeah, it's just some dumbass white girl and a dumbass white movie getting cut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, yes. Notable t- um, names of these students are Maureen Evans and Phil Stevens. Mm-hmm. So you see Maureen and Stevens. Mm-hmm. So like Steve. Steve. Yes, and... And oh, I love shit. when they, especially, I'm like, this is what a free oh, screen. Oh, yeah. That, and that is Omar Epps. Yeah, it's Omar oh, Epps. Yeah, Omar Epps. And they're seeing Stab, which is the <laughs> movie version of Scream, which is a great, I love that they actually made scenes for the movie as well. They just didn't create just the title card, which is a great title card. Directed by Robert Rodriguez in this universe. Mm-hmm. And Casey <laughs> Becker is played by Heather Graham. Yes. <laughs> Love Wilson portrays Billy Loomis. And Tori Spelling plays Sydney, which we mentioned it in the last episode, but that's a throwaway line. Just like, yeah. they'll probably just get like Tori Spelling or something. And then they actually got Tori Spelling. Yes. <laughs> which is great payoff. And then Phil gets killed in the bathroom. He gets a knife stabbed through the ear. 
Now with a penis like in scary movie. (laughs) (laughs) And Maureen gets stabbed in the theater in the gut and everybody thinks it's a stunt until she's lets out a howl of pain and then collapses and everyone's Mm -hmm. like, oh shit. Although it would be kind of cool to see a movie like people going balls to the wall crazy over a horror movie like that. I have never seen a horror movie like that. Like with that kind of like, it feels kind of like you're watching a Marvel movie in this situation. Like the way they're so, everyone's so excited over Stab. But also, it's kind of like a, a commentary of how people, how Hollywood likes to take advantage of a real life story, kind of like in a cycle, Silence of the Lambs kind of situation. Because it says, based on the book, The Woodsboro Murders by Gail Weathers. So I'm like, this, this is a meta joke, dark joke in there. Especially that she, the way that she's looking at everyone and a lot of them are taking off their mask. Yeah, and This also, fucking beginning is still fucking scary to me. It's fucking cool. Not only that, but everybody's ghost face, which is another thing comic books people tend to dress, or comic book movies, people dress up. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Or like like a Star Wars movie. They're treating it like a Star Wars movie. Yes. Like the prequels or something. <laughs> if only they knew. Also, yes. I love that it says filmy stabovision. What, what would be that, though? Just constantly stabbing you in the face. And you're well, just I thought like, it was going to be kind of like a green filter because it showed like a green filter when they were doing that. There's a lot of green in this opening. Mm-hmm. Even though the filmmakers were in fact not green, they were, uh, they are experienced. Yeah. And the following day, so all the news media is there, and we see Sydney now with shorter hair, which mm-hmm. that also represents like typically a new beginning. You mm-hmm. tend to get, you tend to cut your hair, and stuff yeah. like that. And she just wants to start over. She's at Windsor College with her new best friend, who is the token black stereotype. And um, a new boyfriend, and also Randy is there, sporting a Girl Scout uh, college goatee, goatee <laughs> that everybody has at least once in their life. I went through mm-hmm. that phase. Um, <laughs> and oh yeah, and uh, her boyfriend played uh, Jerry Derek, O'Connell. Jerry O'Connell, very first movie I oh. Very first movie I saw him in was Kangaroo Jack. It just shows how. Yes! <laughs> also, the first time I saw Anthony Anderson in anything. Nice. Which we can reconnect or we can connect it because Anthony Anderson Scream was 4. in Scream 4. Mm-hmm. And we get Mickey Altieri played by Timothy Oliphant. One of his best roles, though. He is the Tarantino film student. <laughs> And also we get in um so Sydney is getting prank calls, obviously, but she has mm-hmm. color ID this time. <gasps> and she just fucks with people back. Mm-hmm. But then the media, of course, swarms her because of the connection to Woodsboro. And of course, she's very uncomfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Anybody would be with all that media. We also get introduced to Debbie Salt, played by Lori Metcalf. Oscar winner. Um, Larry, Oscar, Larry win- Oscar winner Laurie Metcalf. She's just doing. This is a movie where everybody is doing crazy face. Yes. Like seriously, everybody in this movie or most people in this movie have a crazy face, especially Dewey and Debbie Salt. 
especially because it's kind of like the Randy joke, like everybody's a suspect. I think in this one, it was like made that you need to suspect everyone. Everybody's a suspect. Oh my gosh. Yes. Uh, Laurie Metcalf is great. All that Roseanne acting really paid off. (laughs) Also, I love that Gail is a fucking asshole at the beginning of this movie because she's like, oh yeah, I heard about it. It will break box office records. She's already thinking of like the way that she's going to sell this story ahead. She doesn't even know the ending of this story. Damn you, Gail. There's no such thing as a Hollywood ending. Mm hmm. F and then the apocalypse has taught us anything. And then after that, um, oh, yeah, she gets a new cameraman, also a token black guy, Joel. Yeah, I like him just because he's very practical and he's he's the guy that um, like in Get Out, Lil Ray, his character, Mm -hmm. uh, Ron, no, 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 uh, Rod. Yeah, Rod. Um, Yeah, Rod, the TSA agent. Mm -hmm. He's the guy that's just like, dude, this is a bad idea. He's mm-hmm. that kind of character. And you you can't help but love those people. Like in terms like characters, not like preferring mm-hmm. black people or anything. <laughs> uh, I'm probably going to get canceled. Oh, my God. And then so after bad. this, um, uh, Gail does a really big move. She's cornering Gail and... and uh, no, she corners Sydney. Sydney. She corners Sydney and Cotton because Cotton just got released. He already got exonerated for all of the crimes. And and then like um she's like, Oh fuck you, see fuck you, Gail, and then Cindy bitch slaps Gail. She backhands like, her. Yeah, and she's like, Oh you, Cotton is I love that Cotton was his innocence, but at the same time he was kind of like a little revenge on Sydney. At the same time, it was like uh, you promised me 15 minutes. And and then after this, we I love the theme music for Dewey. Dun, 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 dun. Oh my god. <laughs> dun, 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 Dewey dun. acting like a like the typical sweet but he he's bumbling but he means well. He really does have a heart of gold. Mm-hmm. And he's got a limp this time, which I do like the attention uh the continuity. Continuity, mm-hmm. continuity in this movie is actually really good. As yeah. well as actually Scream 3 ironic statement because there are some continuity things there that they keep in uh the necklace Derek's yeah, necklace. We'll, we'll get we'll get we'll get to we'll that. Get there. <laughs> but uh yeah then we get the film class debate which everybody has had and it's my favorite scene in this movie because mm-hmm. also we get sarah michelle geller as cc which mm-hmm. of course is a nickname for casey Mm-hmm. and uh i love that randy's just like yeah because sequels suck and they're like boo and they're throwing paper at him and he's just like yeah. yeah sequels ruined horror movies he's totally right yeah I'm, i was just, i'm thinking of uh hannibal burris why are you booing me i'm right <laughs> <laughs> and then after this we see that all of the cops are like um cornering also like uh, they're thinking that everything is related but then we see that scene is gonna go to a frat party a sisterhood kind of party because they want to initiate her with the very young portia de rossi and rebecca gayhart oh yeah that was portia yeah like it's really weird seeing her with long hair but also Mm -hmm. if you've seen arrested development you're kind of used to that Mm mm-hmm but this was before Arrested Development. Mm-hmm. And then we see CC's uh, Buffy, Buffy the Vampire Slayer getting slayed. Re- and 
15 minutes inside the, in, into the movie. And she also, in my head, just to make it a little rhyme, because her name is Cece, like Cece Drake from Peter Liar, she gets stabbed in the back, like Mona stabbed her in season six and gets oh thrown out of a window. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know what I would have... I love this kill as well. Mm-hmm. Because it's the typical... It's it's the Casey Becker kill, of course. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, same thing, blonde, typically in a long sleeve shirt. Mm-hmm. Does the typical horror movie cliches. I feel like... Um, I mean, she gets a gnarly kill, too. Get throws, gets thrown from the balcony on... And it's like a, a step. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a two-story building. Mm-hmm. I or possibly three-story, but still, it's a it's a tall building. I was waiting for like a car in the bottom, and then she just boom defenestrated. We don't get to that until Scream. Yeah, I yeah, well, that's, 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 that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yes, uh, Dewey. I forgot is also pissed at Gail because she called him an idiot in her book. Yes, in the book. <laughs> And he's making crazy face. It's yeah. just like, oh my gosh. Dewey. Page 42. Deputy Dewey Ooze we knowing with inexperience. Well, I mean, she's Ew. not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Still. Oh, yes. Um, so Ghostface also attacks Sydney because mm-hmm. everybody goes to see CC, like in the first movie, when mm-hmm. they go to see Henry Winkler up the flagpole. And then a Ghostface kill, uh, attacks her. But conveniently, Derek is there, mm-hmm. and he go. He's like, "I'm gonna go back in." Ah, oh, I got slashed in the arm, and everybody, of course, is like, "It's very convenient of you." Got them trust issues, of course, with Billy. Way to go, Billy! Also, mm-hmm. did you notice the shirt that he was wearing? It looked a lot like a shirt from someone from Screen Four. Hmm. I'm not that you mention it. <laughs> I noticed some stuff watching these two movies. They're, they're so kind of like a, talking about continuity. And I'm like, especially the way that Derek gets laid on the on the arm too. And he's wearing that kind of same shirt of this character from Screen 4. I just realized, you know who else gets cut on the arm like that? Mm-hmm. Tatum. Yeah, that too. Mm-hmm. Very similar. But it's like poetry and like, rhymes. Uh, bringing that back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but yes. Um, but unlike Billy, Derek is actually he's kind of like Dewey in the sense that he means so well, mm-hmm. and he's actually a really nice guy. She does act. Cindy does know how to pick him <laughs> for the most part, except for Billy. But that's just because. I mean, you can't predict that. <laughs> hey, at least Derek is not like sad. Kind of like uh, the way it's like uh, I didn't, I didn't kill you, Cindy. Believe me, stupid. Well, like he's not yeah, doing that, that. Yeah, he's just like I don't know what's happening here, but I just I just want everybody to be okay. And it's just mm-hmm. like, oh, Derek, he mean well. Yeah, and then Derek sings that Top Gun song. In, oh in, no! In, in, the, in the lounge room. Oh yeah. Dale comes up with the theory, and she points out everybody's names, mm-hmm. sort of doing like a copycat killer scenario. Yep. Oh yeah, and there's a scene where. I think the scene with Randy is before the whole Top Gun sequence. As it's after. It. It's after this. Oh, okay. Then that's when yes. they're talking about the rules of the sequel. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk. But we got to talk about the Top Gun sequence first. Jesus. We call it the Top Gun sequence. Yes. 
Because Derek, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he's not prompted mm-hmm. to do this no. at all. Mm-mm. He starts singing, um, I, I Will Always Love You. Song, I think that's what it's called. I Will Always Love You. It's like, it's very Top Gun, but he's like standing on the table and stuff. And mm-hmm. He's singing directly to Sydney, really embarrassing her mm-hmm. and embarrassing himself. But he's owning it and everybody's just like, oh, what the heck? But then he gives away... This doesn't exist, by the way. This never happens. This is just something that they made up for the movie. He gives away his Greek letters that you're not supposed to, the fr- um he gives the away his letters because will... he's because he's part of a fraternity. Mm-hmm. And apparently in this fraternity, if you can't give your letters to your woman, no way, shape, or form, the brothers mm. are gonna kill him. <laughs> and that doesn't happen. You don't get Greek letters like that. You get a Whoa. fucking paddle. Thank you for that because I'm like in my head I'm like I only know about the paddle thing in American uh, universities but I'm like oh yeah and uh, haze, and you only get hazed like when you get mm-hmm. initiated you don't get yeah. hazed throughout the entire fucking thing yeah but the Greek letter too was like that looks cool though and now you're telling me that's a lie unless, unless oh yeah but I forgot Derek is a new pledge so mm. maybe that's part of the hazing ritual I don't know but I've never heard that in any college whatsoever where they give you Greek letters that you're mm-hmm. not supposed to give to your girlfriends or boyfriends or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's important. So he gives Sydney the necklace to show that he loves her and that he trusts her and stuff. And he's going to suffer later. <laughs> and then you want to go over the, the sequel rules? Yeah. With so uh, Randy see, and Dewey? We see Randy and Dewey. They're in, the, they're in another kind of like a nice cream shop. And they're like, they're seeing Tori Spelling with the girl from Max Drive, forgetting her name right now. And she's like, oh, and now we're going to see Tori Spelling in the new movie, Stab. And like, we see Tori Spelling, like uh, that scene when after Billy got released from prison and Billy's portrayed by, by Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson. <laughs> the hair <laughs> is also great. The hair is amazing. <laughs> and after that, and I love Randy's like, I'll wait for video. I was like, <laughs> and then Randy's like, well, at least do we, you got David Swimmer. I got like fucking, I don't, I was like, fucking no one, no one knows this guy. Like he was Joe somebody. Oh yeah. Apparently David Swimmer was Dewey. We don't yes. see him on screen, but that's, that's what we get told. That would be um, cool though. <laughs> so yes. And then Randy does sort of, I don't know why, but I feel like he was trying to do like a sort of Jerry Lewis voice, but he's just like, okay, number one, mm. the body count is always bigger. Mm-hmm. Number two, the death scenes are much more elaborate, more gore. To satisfy your audience. To satisfy your audience. And then, uh, what was the third rule? I think the third one was going to be that it could be, that's the thing, the killer could be any one of us. That's the, it doesn't matter if we survive the original, the killer could be even one of us. Everybody's a suspect. He's technically remaking his own rule. Nobody that is it, safe in the sequel. Yeah, you ne- you cannot be safe in the sequel, and also it could be unpredictable. In and the also, sequel. And also... <laughs> <laughs> and so Randy say it was like, a, well, I was, and then Dewey's like, well, you could be a suspect. Yes, of course. I'm the nerd. I'm the one that survived. And I'm Sydney's, uh, the one that is always going to love Sydney. I was like, I have the scar. And he's showing his scar. And he got shot by Billy. How about you shave that fucking goatee first, Randy? <laughs> you look like a prick. And then even like uh, they're suspecting of Gail, Derek, the Tarantino guy, <laughs> yeah. Timothy Oliphant. 
it's and it's then, also weird seeing Timothy Oliphant with like not gray hair. Yeah, because that's all I see him in now is because he's grown up to be a very silver fox, mm-hmm. and he's great in everything. There's a show called Justified. He's so good in that. Something with him and uh, it with him and Walton Goggins. Mm-hmm. It's it's very good. It's like a western. Yeah, and so after this, I love that the cameraman was like, hey, Gail, I just read your book, and I don't want to do this anymore. It was like, especially how your cameraman died. I was like, R.I.P. Kenny. R.I.P. Kenny. And then I also, the other thing that I really like, and I don't know if this was real, the killer, or this is in Sydney's mind, the theater scene. Hmm. Oh, yeah, about Agamemnon. Yeah, the Cassandra. So, again, this is an allegory for Sydney as well. Mm-hmm. Because Cassandra in Greek mythology is a oracle who... This is her curse. She gives... Her prophecies are 100% accurate. Mm-hmm. But nobody listens to her. That's intentional because the god Apollo cursed her to have nobody listen to her prophecies. So she's mm. telling people what's going to happen, but nobody, everybody just ignores it. Hmm. Creative. I'll, I'll give them that. Like and Greek, puni- like Greek mythology punishments are very creative, mm-hmm. brutal as well. So it's very much like Sydney and everybody. It's like the same thing is happening, but nobody seems to be listening. Yeah. Especially because the director of the play was like, well, you're a fighter. And like Cassandra, you need you cannot avoid your fate. You have to fight it. And it was like, a, come on, Sydney. And also, I don't have an understudy. And then there we see Sydney doing the whole play, and everybody around her was wearing kind of like a mask, kind of like made of stone. Where and so and between all of that, all of that dance sequence, Ghostface is in there. And so this is the in my head canon. I don't think that the killers were there. I think this was in Sydney's mind. Yeah, because this happened less than a year ago for her. Mm-hmm. Toppled with the fact that her mother died. So it's even more trauma and psychological uh, mm-hmm. issues that she has to deal with. And I actually love the fact that they fuck with Sydney's mind a lot in this movie. Yes. Because there is something that happens later, which is like, that is a great use of psychological manipulation. Mm-hmm. And you see Derek, he's just like, hey, I love you and stuff. And he's just he's just trying to be there for her you know mm-hmm. just trying to be the best supportive boyfriend that he can possibly be well but also get on sydney's point because she her boyfriend was the killer in the last one so she immediately will suspect her new boyfriend too and he knows this too and he's mm-hmm. trying his best to not seem sus and then we then get to I the believe... most heartbreaking scene of the movie Ah, oh, this crushed me the first time i saw it i i, I can't even talk about it you do it I was, I think it came out in 97, I saw this in 98, I was nine years old, and it still hurts me. When I saw this on cassette, uh, we see Gail, Randy, and Dewey, and the cameraman, Joel, they're in the middle, kind of like um, in the garden area between the colleges, and all of a sudden the phone rings, and Randy was like, Gail is not here, what is your scary, favorite scary movie? It was like a Oh, let me guess. Splatter anniversary. I was like, Showgirls. Graduation day. Final exam. And then it was like, what is your favorite scary movie, geek? And he's like, Showgirls. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and then a couple was like, oh. oh yeah, we also saw that uh, Debbie Salt has also been like stalking Gale, Gale for some yes. reason, and Gale actually be snaps at her, and then mm-hmm. it's just like, stop fucking following me, you creep. Mm-hmm. And then I think she slaps her in the face or something. Only push her, I think. Or it yeah, slaps her later. She gets she gets aggressive. Yeah, and uh, so everybody's just saying everybody's also shitting on Gale as they mm-hmm. rightfully should because she's back to being a bitch. And then we get the scene where it's the, I call it the Taken sequence. I call the scene, the Randy scene, the no bets are off. Because Ah, it felt like there was a formula. And when you see an original character, I'm like, oh shit. Because especially the, the scene is pretty damn good though. Because even seeing it today, the tension is still pretty damn good, even though that you know the result. Because the way that they're talking, I was like, a, and why are you trying to copy a billion and still? It was like, a, be original. I was like, a, why, Randy? Why are you even here? You will never be the leading man. You will never be the hero. And I'm like, oh, fucking still? He was a fucking idiot that anyone can control. And Billy Loomis, that fucking homo repressed mama's boy. And then, and then Randy is exactly by the, the truck. And exactly when he says that, we see Ghostface opening the door and grabbing Randy. And Randy's trying to fight it, but Randy dies. Yeah, not only that, but his his screams get muffled. Not mm-hmm. only because he has a hand over his mouth, but because of some youths on a boombox. Mm-hmm. They're just walking by, playing music. Yeah. And... Oh, yeah. Also, they were trying to find the person on the cell phone. I guess in 1997, cell phones were much were becoming much more popular. Yes, because it seems like everybody has a cell phone in this movie. Well, I also thought that maybe they were thinking of that theory. Remember back in the 2000s, if you call outside of your city, it will cost you more money. So maybe they were thinking that they were doing the calls around the college. Yeah, and they're just, they're like Raiders of the Lost Ark. They're just taking people's phones. Mm-hmm. You know, like in Raiders of the Lost Ark when it's all the similar baskets. Yes. And shit. But uh, they can't find him. And How, yeah, what Randy was dies. your reaction when Randy died? I was like, oh shit. Fuck. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I'm going to die. <laughs> and I No, I really didn't expect it. It still hurts. But... To prove Randy's point, it does mean th- that no bets were really off. Except mm-hmm. they kind of aren't in certain characters. Um, <laughs> the big three as of right now. Yeah, the big three. As of now, as of yes. Now, we don't know what's <laughs> going to happen in the new one, but as of right now, uh, the three, they have plot armor. Well, I have seen Jamie Kennedy's YouTube channel and he told this story because when they filmed this movie, Everybody kind of like different sections of the screenplay. They never got the ending. He got the pages of his death scene like four hours before they were shooting. Wes Craven called him. I was like, ah, you're going to die today. That's going to be your scene today. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a tradition that has still continued to this day because mm-hmm. much of the new screencast, they didn't get the entire script. Mm-hmm. So that's also very promising as of this recording. Um, we have not, the movie has not been released. I yeah. believe it releases next week. Yes. At the time that oh. we're recording, the next week we're going to see it. It's going to be so good. If like, Omicron lets us. Just to see us... one. Well, 
I'm I don't care. I'm still going in there. Oh yeah, see, I'm still going too. I'm gonna go in one of those like uh epidemic like suits like all in yellow. <laughs> oh my god. You mean yeah. a hazmat suit? Thank you. That <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, Randy dies. And then we, we get see... that creepy cotton scene in the library. Oh yeah. So Cindy gets some early 90s aol mail that says you're gonna die tonight yeah cotton corners her looking sketchy as hell he's like touching her face and stuff and just like hey why won't you do this interview with me oh it's diane sawyer hello you're doing the alicia pretty good though that's a really good i mean that, that's what he sounds like yeah he's always he kind of reminds me of like buffalo bill like his voice I just want him to just go like, is she a great big fat person? I don't know. Ray <laughs> Donovan or whatever. I I can never get over the fact that they cast him as Sabretooth in the worst X-Men movie. Ah, uh, yes. He was a good Sabretooth, though. That's what's so sad, is that mm-hmm. Leo Schreiber was like the perfect Sabretooth, even though they gave him like weird fingernails. He should have been in Logan, though. That was a missed opportunity. I don't know. Logan works without Sabretooth, but still. Um, he gets obviously arrested. arrested because, yeah, even if he didn't do anything, he's still harassing. Mm-hmm. Like, that's still... That's, um, that's enough to get you at least kicked out. Mm-hmm. And she's very uncomfortable as well. It's made very apparent. And then after this is when we see that Sydney goes outside of the prison. She goes back to the college. She's going to go with the cops. Uh, yeah, because uh, Sydney is getting like protection now from two investigators protecting her and her friend. And so they go into the car. And then the first thing that we see that I really like is the soundroom scene when we see Dewey and Gail looking at all of the footage that Joel shot, looking at the killer is around. Oh, yeah. And then they start fucking. Yes, in the and desk. Then, and then the did you hear that as as Dewey's hand is on <laughs> oh, oh, yes. <laughs> and then they're just like, What? And then Dewey, he's just he's really playing up that limp as mm-hmm. well. And then the um, sound room. The I sound love room. the the this the way the choreography or like how Ghostface goes through the sound room and all of the cushions and then the way that I always call her Monica, but the way that Gail is like is cushing around not, not to look not to look and also even when I was a kid, even though right now that I know that Dewey's still alive, it still hurts me to see Dewey getting stabbed. It's stabbed too, and I'm like, oh my ship. I thought they were going to pull that thing that they just did with Randy where they would kill Dewey. It's much more brutal this time as well because also Mm -hmm. they have twice the budget because Scream was an unexpected hit. So they're just like, yeah, okay. And he got stabbed in the same spot. Yes, the same spot. What are the odds? What are the odds? (laughs) Yeah. And I love how Ghostface is like trying to still break the glass. He goes like, fuck. It was like he's trying to break it with his hands with a fucking table. And Gail's like, fuck, is he going to do it or not? Well, the, the tension is so damn good in that scene. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. And then the when... The car uh, scene. The car scene. But also, Derek gets taken away by the fraternity. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to him later. But let's talk about this car scene, which is also... This one of the best kills of the franchise. 
Yes, not only that, but I think this is my this is the second best scene in the movie. Like the, mm. the second it's a really good sequence. It's one of my favorite sequences yes. in the Scream franchise. You do it. It's a really good one. Okay, so Sydney and her friend Hallie, the token black chick, um mm. or, or she's literally just Tatum. Yeah. She's just Tatum, black, yeah. Yeah, it's just black Tatum. That's all it is. And then um they are getting escorted by these two detective guys. They're making really inappropriate, like, uh, sayings and stuff. It's just like, I'd tell you, but I'd have to kill you. I'm just like, gee. It's called subtlety stew. Look it up. <laughs> Maybe it was done on purpose. I don't fucking know. And, uh, but then Ghostface comes in, breaks the glass, slices one of the throats. The driver one? The driver one, and then the other guy goes out, tries to find him, but then Ghostface somehow gets in the driver's seat, runs him over with the car, and they're just driving down there, and he's on the hood of the car. Cindy and uh, her friend Hallie. can't do any, yeah, and Hallie mm-hmm. can't do anything because they're in the back, and it has mm-hmm. the, uh, they're in the back of a cop car. You can't do anything back there, yeah, and. Then the car crashes into this uh, construction this site. Yeah, like a- yeah, and a fucking pipe goes Jeez. through the back of his head. It's not as explicit as Final Destination. Oh yeah, but it's still pretty cool. And the, like the whole body twitching really helps them sell it. Mm-hmm. It Great feels kind of like a Final Destination that you think about it. Yeah, and then it's the sequence because Ghostface got knocked out mm-hmm. as well. And it's just Sydney and Hallie trying to get the keys from uh, so they can get out of the car. And it's that whole like is is the Ghostface going to wake up? Mm-hmm. Doesn't with Sydney, who does it first. But it does for Hallie. She gets killed. After they get out of the car, though. After they get out of the car, and of course, stabbed right in the back. Mm-hmm. Also, just really good. It's like, This wow. ghost face in the second one, he likes the back a lot, though. In the third one, too. He, he likes to do a lot of backstabbing. God damn it. I did a pun. <laughs> yes. It. Maybe it's because you've been hanging around with me too much. That seems mm-hmm. to be a side effect. Jesus. Because people tend to make puns. Yeah. Don't believe me. Ask anybody that I support or hang out with. They've mm-hmm. been doing a lot more puns, and I'm just so happy. And then we get into the big reveal. Oh, not only that, but uh, they're in the auditorium, and Derek, much like Jesus, is tied to a cross. Yes. For some reason, down to his boxer shorts, which is like, okay, so Smallville took this, because <laughs> in the pilot episode of Smallville, he gets... Uh, he gets put on like a post in his boxers, mm-hmm. um, and like that's some weird hazing. Like, why would you tie somebody to a fucking cross and just leave them there all night? Mm-hmm. Like, I get like sp- splashing them with beer and stuff, or making mm-hmm. them like drink beer and shit. But like, come on, that's that's a bit too far. So Sydney begins to untie him, and then Ghostface arrives, and then it turns out the killer is mickey dun, his dun, best dun. friend but we also saw that coming because he like disappears like right after the lunch 
room Mm -hmm. top gun scene and we don't see him later in the movie so that one's pretty obvious but he's just like uh oh glad you got to lure here lure her here pal Mm -hmm. oh yeah he also has like tape over his mouth for some reason yeah and uh he's just like sydney i'm not doing it and he's just mickey tricks her into Mm -hmm. thinking that derek was in on it and she kills derek yep with a gun surprised that his like chest didn't like spurt blood or anything Mm -hmm. because it's just like much like billy's headshot just one bullet and then he's dead Mm-hmm. And then he's just, and then Mickey's just like, ha, kidding. Way to use good psychological manipulation there, mm-hmm. uh, Mickey. And, and then, then he's like, the effects on cinema, violence on society. People love a good trial, Sydney. Yeah, because like, she's because she's like, you're gonna get caught, and he's just like, yeah, I'm counting on it. Mm-hmm. Because it's all about the trials. I might get Johnny Cochran. <laughs> who knows? I'm gonna blame it all on the movies. He's trying his best. Nobody can beat Matthew Lillard, but he's doing a good job. Oh, yeah, he's doing a good job. And then they have kind of like but, a little fight. Again, yeah, again, nobody can beat Matthew Lillard. Mm-hmm. They have a little fight between uh, and then it was like, a, oh, what's happening now? And as we see Derek going up because someone is moving like the stuff from the theater. It's like, could be that our, our mystery guest. And then we see a door opening and it's Gail. It was like, mm. it was, and then it, she knows like, Gail and that was like and she's like no and then we see a gun pointing at Gail and we and she was like Mrs. Loomis and then and then it was like Billy's mother and Gail's yep. like a wait how and then I love seeing was like a uh, she she lost some weight she did some stuff on her on her face <laughs> brings me to a question how did Cindy not see her there I mean granted she, she had never met sydney at that point but how did sydney know that that debbie salt was mrs loomis but that's the thing it's pretty damn cool the thing that the director Wes craven did and kevin wilson because that's the thing they never met the only person that debbie Salt interacted was gail because gail remember debbie loved the book so much that she even went to a conference to worship gail because she was examining the kills too because she wanted to know more about her son because this point. is about revenge. Yep, We're playing the long con. So yeah, she shoots fucking Mickey, and she's just like, "I found him off of a online group chat or whatever. It was fine, but really, the movies, that's that's so nineties, stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very nineties. She's just like, my motivation is just simple, revenge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love and, that. It was like old fashioned revenge, and I love seeing it. it was like you're as crazy as your son. I was like, what did you say about my son? No, no, Billy was a good boy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Also, she paid for Mickey's tuition as well. Yes. And in exchange, he killed everybody. Mm-hmm. And then and then she shoots him. And then, but he also shoots Gail. Yep. And then Cindy misses Loomis fight. And then Cotton, of all people, comes in. And Mrs. Loomis has the advantage actually she Mm -hmm. has the knife to sydney's throat but cotton has a gun and then um sydney smartly is like i'm gonna do that interview with uh you with diane sawyer he's like deal shoots mrs loomis they kill the shit out of her oh yeah and uh (laughs) shoot her twice for good measure double tap and mickey too 
like four shots between Gale and Oh, yeah, and... no. Then they do the same thing that they do with Billy. But Mickey just comes up and he's like, Bleh! and then they shoot the shit out of him. Yep. So and Sydney yeah. for good measure, she just she shoots uh, Mrs. Loomis in the head. Just like, yeah, double, just double to be safe. Her. Just to be safe. And the police arrive. Dewey is again revealed to be alive. I feel like again that was test audiences. I think it was test audiences too, though. Yeah, but Gail climbs in the ambulance with him for the first mm-hmm. time, rather than talking to the cameras like in the last movie. Again, mm-hmm. showing her character. And then she's she cares more for Dewey than the notoriety. Mm-hmm. And then they're just like, Cindy, Cindy, what's going to happen? And then she's just like, uh, yeah, co- talk to Cotton because he actually wants to talk about it. Like he's and the hero. Like, Cotton, yeah, he's the hero. And he's reveling in this. And he's just like, thanks for doing me a solid. Like gives her that mm-hmm. look. And then it like cuts to the do, 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 do. And then blah, jump scare again. That's it. And then that's Scream 2. <laughs> so yeah um, and then we we go directly to Scream 3 and then we rank both of them yeah oh yeah we didn't rank uh, Scream the first one but it was pretty obvious we all 10, thought 11. that was uh, yeah I want to give it a 10 as well mm-hmm. totally forgot we have not ranked uh, in a while because we forgot to do that for Rise of Skywalker as well oh uh, yeah because that was a rush episode too <laughs> much well it wasn't really rushed it was more of time just frame. like time. Yeah. But hey, I mean, if that isn't like a perfect commentary on the rise of Skywalker, mm-hmm. I don't know what is. Well, episode nine, even rewatching it with Andres' perspective, but I still hear a lot of stuff from that movie. I would give it a five and a half. I'll give it a four. Or actually, Please. no, you know what? I'll 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 give it a three and a half. Just to be yeah, nice. I was like, maybe uh, justify just because of the doubt that Andres gave me. And then Ben Solo died. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> now we start with Screen 3, The Rise of Prescott. Because oh this movie, God. Jesus. This seamless, movie, tran- seamless transition, by the way. Yeah, it's a seamless transition, though. Screen 3, the more, I think this is the more, for me, I don't like the ending of this movie. I'm still, it has been 20 years and I still hate this ending because it makes, it destroys the ending of the first one for me. So for <laughs> me, the ending of the of this one doesn't exist. I reckon the ending of Scream 3. I, yeah. think, I think Scream 4 has retconned the ending of Scream 3. You know what? You have a really good point. Yes, Scream 4 totally did retcon Scream 3. Yeah. We open up in your city of L.A. Yeah, at night, and it turns out that Cotton has really played up his fame. He gets a reality show, a la very similar to Jerry Springer, mm-hmm. called "One Hundred Percent Cotton." <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, so much. And then um, is contacted by Ghostface, and then they ask about Sydney. And then Cotton's like, yeah, no, fuck off, dude. Mm-hmm. But then Ghostface comes to his house and um, attacks his girlfriend, Christine, in the dumbest plot point or plot device that I have ever seen. It's the dumbest thing in this movie. There's a voice changer 
It yeah. This, this doesn't exist in real life. It's literally something. It's like some Mission Impossible shit, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where it can literally imitate the voice of anybody, and that's what Ghostface uses to make Cotton's girlfriend think it's actually Cotton. Mm-hmm. And then the actual Cotton shows up and is just like, "What are you talking about?" And then Ghostface comes and kills them both. Yep. So yeah, Cotton Weary is out of this movie. <laughs> And also, the other thing that is really divisive with Scream 3, the kills feel really tame. They feel like they were they cut off a lot of blood. It feels kind of like a P-13 kind of sequel. But that's also because... Mm-hmm. Um, here's the thing. the Kevin Williamson did provide a five-page outline for two sequels to Scream. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, with the investors wanting to buy a franchise... Yeah. But he did not have time to complete his script for Scream 3. So they were taken by this guy named Aaron Kruger. And he discarded many of Williamson's notes. Not a smart thing to do. Mm-hmm. Because Williamson's writing is a big reason why Scream is the franchise that it is. So Wes Craven returned to direct and... Um, oh yeah, Marco Beltrami also came back to score, so that's why yeah. the music is similar. But the production was infamously troublesome, with so many script rewrites. They even make a joke about it later in the movie. Yeah, and do you know this? I just saw it on YouTube a few days ago that the original plot of Skin Tree was gonna be that Stu was alive training two teenagers to find Sydney from prison. That was the original plot. That sounds amazing. I wish they could have done that. They could have brought back Matthew Lillard. Mm-hmm. Oh, but seriously, this, the pages were rewritten so much that they were only ready on the day of filming. Mm-hmm. Like cutting down to the last minute. And also scheduling with a lot of the cast. So that's why some of them feel like they're rushing through everything. Mm-hmm. Because they only had a, a limited amount of time. But also, um, the violence and horror were reduced because of Columbine, mm-hmm. which happened like a little less than a year mm-hmm. ago in the, at, at this point. But um, this was like when they were filming, it had just happened. So it was like a big response to that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Weinsteins were very keen not to. I mean, it's also it's the Weinsteins. They they fuck up so many movies. Uh, not anymore, thankfully. But thankfully, yeah. They have fucked over so many people. They have made great products before, but they've also screwed over so many people. Mm-hmm. This movie was one of them. And it's, it's interesting that the Weinstein slipped the joke about them with one of these characters that we're gonna talk about later. Oh, no, I don't even know if it was a joke. But yeah. <laughs> not only that, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Columbine had happened three months before principal photography happened. Oh, that would have so, been all that really. Oh, yes. And the ending was reshot mm-hmm. um, a month before the movie was released. That's why it feels different, though. Like, when yeah. we get to ro- the romance party, it feels like a different movie. 
yeah, that whole sequence was reshot. Mm-hmm. But uh, then we get Detective Mark Kincaid, played by McDreamy himself, yeah. Patrick Dempsey. They made in honor, Patrick Dempsey. Oh, my gosh. And <laughs> he contacts Gale <sighs> with the worst, one of the worst haircuts I've ever seen. <laughs> I can't even, my hatred of Gale Weathers bangs. It's the bangs. They yeah. look like they were cut by a three-year-old. It's so distracting and awful. Oh my god, it's 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 just it's something you gotta see. You're just in awe of how awful. You're I will like, say why? I'm about awful Put a bangs, fucking wig on. I will recall also the bangs from Spencer and Allison in Pretty Liar season seven. I hate you. <laughs> I mean, Gail also had the fucking Rachel haircut. Yep. In the first two movies. Mm-hmm. How ironic. <laughs> and then they uh, are going to Hollywood. Yes. Where they're making Stab 3. <laughs> and talking about Meta, even though there's a lot of stuff that if doesn't feel a little consistent, but there's some continuity. And also talking about the Meta jokes, they're going to the shooting of a Stab sequel. And it's mm-hmm. called Return to Woolsboro. And I'm like, you cannot get more meta than this. And, and all the actors were just like very frustrated because it's a trouble production as well. Mm-hmm. And I love that the Gail Weathers character is played by Parker Posey. Amazing. Oh, man. Uh, Jennifer Jolie. <laughs> They're all clearly named after stuff. But uh, we also get noted... Um, no- noted vaccine expert jenny mccarthy i was gonna say that the anti-vaxxer jenny mccarthy Uh, yeah no she gets killed um when ghostface like tricks her into i think the printing room or whatever yeah the costume department also because roman needed to do some lines yeah Mm -hmm. and we also meet the director um roman bridger played by scott foley whom i remember him from scandal because oh yeah he's the guy from scandal he is he is mm-hmm. and he, he's had a pretty good career and career, also but, uh, sydney she's living outside in the middle of nowhere in the woods and she pretends to be another person a person named laura and she's a crisis helpline a woman crisis helpline yeah and also her house is much like the house in the halloween 2018 movie she's essentially Laurie Strode in that movie, except she's not old and bitter. Ah, so you're saying that the guy from This is the End copy Scream 3? Yes. (laughs) Channing Tate, yum! (laughs) (sighs) Oh my god. So, um... They're gonna stop the shooting of the movie because of the kills of Cotton and and the girlfriend. Yes, and also of the act of Jenny McCarthy's death. Mm-hmm. And then, um, oh yeah, the Ghostface Killer does find uh, Sydney's house or her landline and mm-hmm. calls her just to fuck with her. And then it's the weirdest, this should have been cut out of the movie entirely. Uh, where the, Sydney, mom, the ghost? Yeah, mo- she keeps seeing her mom's ghost. That should have been cut out of the movie entirely. Yeah, 
I'm really divided on this because psychologically it makes sense though because it's screamed true she like she has that cold trauma about the first, uh, what happened in in Woodsboro but in hearing this in the third one I'm like I think the trauma should have been better instead of seeing her it was only the fucking killer fucking with her with the voice I think it would have been way better just by the phone like Sydney getting calls only on her mother. Or like quick flashes mm-hmm. or something, but not like a full on ghost, like ooh, levitating and shit. And she's yeah. in white. And I'm like, this is not season one of Supernatural, dude. This is Scream, even though Scream and Supernatural are very similar. And the crossover between them, um, I'm surprised that never happened. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. <laughs> Gail and Dean on a cafeteria. That would be an amazing scene. Uh, but then we, after this, we see that the whole press, oh, how how pop culture can kill it, can can be pop culture is the politics of the twenty first century. That they're talking about killing out the production. That Tori Spelling and David Schwimmer didn't come back for Step Three. <laughs> and oh, I mean, they had to recast new people. Oh yeah, uh, Parker Posey's bodyguard also, Patrick Warburton. He's great just because he's Patrick Warburton. Kronk from the Emperor's New Group. Mm-hmm. You know his voice. Yes, and Joe from um, Family Guy. Yeah, but also, also we skipped the the cameo of Jay and Silent Bob. Oh yeah, they did make a cameo. Mm-hmm. Forgot about that. <laughs> um, is this when they met Lance Henriksen? Almost. I the first we meet the cameo of Carrie Fisher. Oh yeah, she's just like, you know, I was almost Princess Leia, but who'd they give it to? That bitch that slept with George Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's still not as great as her cameo in Fanboys, though. No, oh, no, 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 no. The, the one in Fanboys is amazing. Yeah, and so after this, because Gail. And Parker Posey, they go to see Carrie Fisher to see because in every murder, there's a photo of Maureen Prescott when she was young. So the whole thing is about why is the killer leaving photos about Maureen? And they find out that Maureen, for two years before she married Mr. Prescott, she was a Hollywood actress. Of course she was. In crappy horror movies. She was going to be an actress. She was going to be a star. She was going to shake her ass on the hood of Whitesnake's car. Uh, it's like creatures from the San Andreas Fall, a mass of zombies. I forgot the other one. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, yeah. And then after this, um, we see that Roman. I love this meta joke about Wes Craven because Roman was like, oh, I only wanted to make a romantic movie, but the studio didn't let me. It, let me, it told me to make a horror movie instead. Because Wes Craven always wanted to do a drama and a romantic movies, but here with the horror. And after we see that Patrick Bourbon gets killed. He's only there for like five minutes in the movie. True, but he does get a pretty good kill. Mm-hmm. And then uh, that the, we get the fact scene that Ghostface is sending the 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 script to. Oh yeah, like, they all gather. Know. They all gather at Parker Posey's house. Uh huh. All of them. Um, there's also 
that the killers were right in the movie. There's oh. um oh my favorite of the actors is Tyson. Ah yes, he's great. He's the black. He's the black guy. Um, mm-hmm. and he he's uh Dion Richmond who, mm-hmm. um, he was apparently uh he had a recurring role as Rudy as Kenny on the Cosby Show. Oh, he, he was Rudy's friend. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is great. And um, there's also Emily Mortimer, who was um, you've seen her face before mm-hmm. as well. But uh, she's Angelina. But they all gather at um, Parker Posey's place in the dumbest goddamn death I've ever seen. It's like something out of a Looney Tunes. But it's <laughs> it's so fucking chaotic. You can tell they just made this shit up yep. as they went along because literally. This scene is them making shit up as they go along with the yeah. fax machine. Just go with it. Just, mm-hmm. just, just explain it. I can't even. Yeah, um, can't because like uh, they get a fax. It was like a, they all of the characters were uh, were at Gail's house and they're like a, they were reading and then the killer and they was like what's gonna happen next and they get another fax it was like a, and then the killer was gonna have mercy on one of them. It was like oh but I, and then they get up from the house. Let's get out and they're like. And there was like, and Parker was like, I want to know what's next. And then fake Dewey goes inside. The killer will give mercy to. And they get another fax. And then he, he cannot see. And then he turns on a lighter. The one that detects the gas. And then he blows up. And they oh my all. God. Oh, apparently the na- name of this guy is Tom Prince. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking like Freddie Prince. Oh. Prince, because it's spelled the same way. But uh, oh, it's so dumb. Oh yeah, and uh, the detective, uh, McDreamy, he always shows up at the most random suspicious, moments. random mm-hmm. moments, very suspicious moments. He's very clearly the red herring. Yeah, and then do we shots Ghostface three times because when they when the house blow up, they went uh, down a risk uh, like a mountain. They all roll and they all survive, and but then Ghostface wanted to kill. Uh, Gail, and then he shot them three times. I was like, a, oh my god, how the hell did he survive? And then they go to the prison, and they get one photo from the wreckage of the house that says, of Marini says, I killed her. And then Patrick Dempsey says, like, what if Sydney was wrong? What if there's a third killer? And then they notice Sydney goes to the prison an hour into the movie because Sydney has only been for like five minutes in the first hour of the movie. Five, six, yeah. seven minutes. Scheduling. And scheduling. And then they, they notice that Parker Posey and Maureen have the same for the same background in one photo. So they go to the studio and they notice that uh, I forgot the name of the character, but it's the Randy's sister. We had oh. never seen her before. Martha. And Why wasn't did you she say in that the Princess Diaries? Hold up. Was she in the Princess Diaries? She looks like the friend from my hat to be in the Princess Diaries. Hold up. Let me look this up real quick. Uh, Heather Matarazzo is, in fact, Lily from the Princess Diaries. That is a good catch. Mm-hmm. And they know they she, go, she goes there just because of plot. She oh, has shit. I forgot. She was in Sorority Boys. That's an underrated movie. Hmm. Uh, that movie's so funny. It's with uh, Michael Rosenbaum, and mm-hmm. uh, they dress up as girls, and it's it's funny. Ooh, <laughs> okay, I haven't seen this. And, uh, and so, then yeah, Randy no, recorded studio. something, recorded something before he died, 
And Randy was like, well, if this happens again, this means the, the sequel rules can apply, but if all of a sudden you get a really random backstory or things that it goes back to the, or a lot of exposition, this is not a sequel. This is the end of a trilogy. So the trilogies are rare in horror. So these are the three rules. The killer is supernatural. You have to fucking cut off his head off, cry on a free, freeze the guy because he will be uh, unstoppable. The second one, any character can die. Sorry, Sydney. That could be you too. And the third one, be careful of the past because the past will bite into the uh, in the ass. And I was like, uh, and good luck to all of you. Some of you, I'll see you. I'll see you soon. And that was Jamie Kennedy's cameo. Yep. Also, the fact that they re- it, it itself is hilarious because they're like, oh, here's Randy's sister. Mm-hmm. It's always been there. She has never, never have been mentioned in the whole fucking trilogy. Nope. She just, it's, it's just, they created her just so they could be like, oh yeah, here's a tape that Randy sent. Because Randy, of course, created a tape about a tr- trilogy enders in case mm-hmm. of his death. Even though I actually buy that because Randy would do something like that. Yeah. And, and then after that, um, they go with the, to John Milton, who is the uh executive who's financing the movie mm-hmm. played by lance henrickson bishop from aliens yep and he is just like oh maureen didn't um she she, she knew exactly what was going on she didn't um uh, nothing that happened there wasn't without her consent or whatever so basically, and she says, they all... people in the 70s, see you get invited to those parties, you will get your way, and you will get what you want. Insinuating that Maureen was technically... The casting couch. In a casting couch kind of situation. Also, they're implying that maybe she went to some orgies. Then so... Yeah. Totally and... not relevant. Totally not Harvey. <laughs> no, this was actually a thing. And Hollywood has joked about this. Yeah, All many times. Time. Some of the greatest mm-hmm. movies, is like Sunset, or no, not uh, All About Eve and mm-hmm. The Godfather, make fun of this. Like, it's very direct. They were very open about that. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. And then they go see him. He, he's a big suspect because obviously he, they think that he would kill everybody to cut uh, ties and just to like clean up everything. Mm-hmm. make sure it doesn't all tie back to him so dewey gale and um Par- parker posey and the other two um emily mortimer and tyson they go to a birthday party for roman at his place and then this is the final act not much happens in this movie actually well also we skip even though it's it's kind of like a small scene but when Cindy sees the recreation of Woolsboro, that's a really oh, nice yeah. scene that but nice. that's the other thing. When she sees her mother in the body bag, is that the killer or that's in her mind? Or is that the ghost? It's got to the... be in her mind. Yeah, it has to be in her mind. But then we get into the third act that for me, even when I was a kid, I was 11 years old in the theater. I was like, this feels like a different movie. Well, like exactly in this moment when we go into the party, this feels different. I think it could have been all of these last 30, 40 minutes would have been a reshoot. And also, we see that they split up Scooby-Doo style. 
this house it really, has, this is like a Scooby-Doo episode. Yeah. And the house has secret passages, like with a book, exactly like in Scooby-Doo. And there's some good lines, though, in all of this. I was like, when they notice that the killer is there and do it, like, looks like Star Trek is back in production. <laughs> yeah. God. And but no, literally, um, Emily Mortimer, she wanders off alone <laughs> and gets killed. Yep. Oh, yeah. Gail also discovered that Roman died in the basement, mm-hmm. like in the freezer or whatever. And uh, so he's dead. <laughs> and, and then, then... Uh, Parker Posey, she finds a secret passage. And there's a really cool scene when Ghostface is chasing her. And then she's like trying to bump into the mirrors. It feels kind of like a, another version of the screen two scene in the soundstage because Gail and Dewey, they cannot hear her. But then Ghostface stabs her twice. And even go, and she tries to stop Ghostface. But you cannot kill me. I'm the killer in Stab 3. Oh, yeah, because we forgot. The killer is killing everybody in the order that they're dying in the script. But there's three different screenplays. So in the screenplay that Parker Posey read, she's the killer. How meta of that. <laughs> How meta. I was like, okay. Oh, movie. yeah. Uh, Tyson tries to fight back Ghostface, mm-hmm. but uh, he managed. Um, he trips him with a carpet, manages to like and gets killed. CC uh, style too. Paralyze him and, and he, push him down the down yeah, the. Yeah, he gets thrown roof. off the roof. Yeah, and great continuity. He's you see his body there for the rest of the movie. Yep, like where it lays. Credit where credit is due. And also, Sydney is wearing the Greek letters that Derek gave her in the last mm-hmm. movie. So again, as much retconning as this movie does, you got to give it credit for some maintaining a lot of its continuity. It feels a little like episode nine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um, at least um, it didn't go like you or a Palpatine or whatever. Not yet, at least. And I just imagine Billy. I have died before. <laughs> okay, yeah. At least I didn't bring Billy back. Um, and and then, then we get that Sydney uh, gets a call from Ghostface because uh, Ghostface kidnapped Dewey and Gale. They're the only two standing in the house. Which makes and me think: Why didn't he, they just kill him? Oh, plot reasons. Plot reasons also to lure Sydney. Mm-hmm. Make her, of course, the final girl. Again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Again. <laughs> and of course we see that the ghost face she arrives, she sees the body of, of the guy who's like a grab that metal detector. All of it CD. And then she's like, okay, she gets rid of one gun and she's like, It's time for you to scream, asshole. And then because she had another gun and it shoots it shoots the ghost face again three times. I noticed that they shot ghost face like three times, separate three times. <laughs> And Three's I'm like, number. This is the third movie. Is it third movie? And then, of course, Sydney gets chased. She goes. She finds the secret screening room that it was alluded by the producer that a lot of women had their way there to get auditions. Roles. Auditions. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so she sees a movie that is playing kind of like a home movie of Maureen having sex with Billy's father or going into Cotton. the hotel. Yeah. Going yeah, to the hotel where we cut him. And of course, Ghostface shows up. I was like, a, you have to face me. 
And so, so you have to make peace with mother. And then I was like, uh, after everything that she did, and I'm like, and then she left me behind, her only son. And then she takes out, he takes out his mask and it's Roman. Oh, yeah. And also revealed bulletproof vest. Oh, uh, yeah. He was wearing a bulletproof vest. And so, oh, yeah. Um, also, um, McDreamy showed up. But he got knocked out by Ghostface, mm-hmm. you know, just to show that he's not Ghostface after all. <laughs> but Roman faked his death and he's like, I am your half brother. Maureen is our mother. And she abandoned me much like <laughs> Billy. So and I'm like, at least he didn't change his sex and make a lot of plot holes like Imperial Liars. I'm gonna kill like... you one day. Just <laughs> I'm gonna show up in your house, <laughs> fucking stab you, oh, oh, and right so, in the throat. <laughs> this is the thing that angers me. Say the thing that angers me when Rome, the Rome, the thing that Roman did with Billy. Oh God. No, no. So it turned out four years ago when the movie started, or when the original scream happened around that period, he tried to contact Maureen. But she rejected him, and he was bitter. So what did he do? He dug up all the shit about her and showed Billy and Stu, which then in turn, um, you know, Mrs. Loomis found out about. Mm-hmm. And she left Billy, and then that created a snowball effect to where Billy and Stu killed Maureen, and then so on and so forth. Hmm. So basically, it was just like, oh yeah, I found out that she was cheating on your dad and I'm a director, Sid. I direct. Uh, uh. <laughs> I, it, I was in the theater. I was like, I think it was one of the first times that I was like, what the fuck is happening? When I was watching, I was like, what the? What? I think I didn't. I was like, well, okay, half brother. Or that's okay. Okay. But reckoning Billy and Stu. You had to do a lot of explaining to do. And it's also just like, really? So this random asshole showed the footage of his father with Maureen, mm-hmm. motivated him to kill her. And then um, he also is the reason why he lured Sydney there is because he's pissed at how famous she got because of this. Mm-hmm. Like, you didn't think this would happen? And I'm like, if you're saying that you're the director and you directed, didn't you maybe predict that this was going to be a storyline? That you made your sister the famous one and not you? Well, it's also because they were writing this shit up as they were doing Yeah, well, like, that's the thing. There's so many problems with this ending. They but- clearly did not... Give a second draft. Yeah. Or give a shit. Weinstein certainly didn't give a shit. They just wanted a scream movie. Yeah, but I'm gonna say something that I really like about this part. The fight scene between Roman and Sydney is fucking cool, though. I agree. Oh, yeah. Also, they do the stupid, stupid cliche mm-hmm. of where the killer has the hero right where they want them they can kill them anytime they want and then what do they start doing if you've seen the incredibles you know what's gonna happen uh, monologuing he's they start monologuing 
It's just like, no, just fucking kill him. And then you can savor the fact, or just like you want to savor this. I'm like, no, don't do that. Because then it'll give the hero ample time to think of a way to get out of it or and or kill you. Even Simeon's like, shut the fuck up and just go already. Like, I already have been there. I have doing this before. Like, she's even saying you're monologuing. She's the third time. Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah. And he also kills uh, Lance Henriksen. Mm -hmm. Just like they fucked her four ways to Sunday. Yeah. Nobody's going to miss him. Yeah, but Lance Henriksen, I like his line, though. I will give you whatever you want. Every budget that you want. Script approval. Final cut. He's like, I already have final cut. (laughs) <laughs> it gives him, him the final cut. God. <laughs> but yeah, then the fight happens, which is really brutal too. Mm-hmm. But then and... Roman ends up shooting Sydney in the chest, finally doing something. Mm-hmm. But then Sydney disappears, only to reappear, and then stabs the fucking crap out of Roman. Multiple times. I'm going to say this. I was in a full theater. When Sydney gets shot, everybody, there was silence. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, did you just kill Sydney? But when we see Sydney grabbing the ice pick, everyone's like, what? Like, everybody went wild in Mexico because I was like, she's alive. (laughs) Yeah. But then he's just lying there, just bleeding. And then it turns out that Sydney was wearing a bulletproof vest, too, because, of course, she was. And then I, it I would say I would say that she would have taken it from him, but mm-hmm. that's shown not to be true because Dewey and Gale uh, arrive, and then Roman, of course, just runs crazy with the knife, and Dewey keeps shooting him in the chest because it shows that he still has the bulletproof vest on, and mm-hmm. then Cindy, Sydney's just like shoot him in the head, so she he shoots him in the head because mm-hmm. that's just how everybody dies in these fucking movies, yeah, in this trilogy in this quote-unquote trilogy, trilogy is that everybody gets shot in the head seriously like the main killer gets shot in the head happened with billy happened with mrs loomis and mm-hmm. now happened with roman bridger yeah and then after this this is the very very reshot ending mm-hmm. because they're at cindy's house it's the big three and Dewey proposes to Gale, which, again, is meta because... That's when they were getting married, I think, at that time, too. Let me see. Um, They were married. At oh, that they were already married. But they were getting... I guess they were getting married, yeah, around that time, 1999. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so Dewey proposes to Gale, even with those bangs. <laughs> um, but Sydney returns from the walk with the dog and then uh she leaves the gates open dumbass um, and that's it enters her home and she's just like oh yeah everybody let's watch a movie oh yeah and mcdreamy for some reason because i guess it was implied they sort of implied that they were dating like dating and flirting and shit because of course it's patrick dempsey of mm-hmm. course and uh, she goes in and the door whistles o- or it blows open behind her. But she's just like, nah, I'm just going to leave it open. Mm-hmm. Not some random person coming in, killing me like in real mm-hmm. life or something. And then that's how it ends. Way to way to stick the landing, guys. Hey, at least she didn't say I'm Sydney Skywalker. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to. Yeah, but 
this ending feels weird too, though. Um, no jump scare, I don't think. But I think it represents that Sydney felt secure because, like Randy said, it was the end of a trilogy, so maybe Sydney already felt free of everything. Yeah. And those were, and that was Scream Two and Three. Hope you liked yeah. this super long episode, or not really super long. Not we, long we though. To, we managed to um, condense two movies, mm-hmm. and that is the original trilogy. Yeah, the original trilogy. Uh, Scream Two for me is a nine. It's still a really good sequel. Not as good as the original. It has really good jokes. The reviews are really great. With Scream 3, it's not an unwatchable movie. It still has some meta and some really good jokes for me. But I hate the ending. Like with the whole thing with Roman and the retconning. I will give it a 6. What do you think? Hmm. So overall thoughts, I think that Scream 2, it's not as good as the first movie. Mm -hmm. So it is a sequel that is not as good as the original. And Uh it doesn't really build upon... Well, actually, it does build upon some stuff, but I think it's all right. Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot better than most horror sequels. I can tell yes. you that for sure. And I really do like um, just like the continuity between mm-hmm. these movies. That's something that's really important to me. And that's a big reason why I like when directors like the same directors. It's also because it's the same director. Mm hmm. So, of course, they would be great. I don't like it whenever new directors take over franchises or whatever, and then they don't, because they don't keep up with the continuity. They don't care. Yeah. But Scream 2, I'm going to give it a... I'll give it a 7.5. It's not terrible, but it's not great either. Scream 3, I'm much more brutal on, because it's just... It's just boring. Not much happens. And most of the time, it's just like everybody just sitting around, just waiting for shit to happen. Yeah, that's true. Which is in itself, which in and of itself was also very meta. Mm-hmm. Because that was what they were doing. And the, I mean, everyone is just there. It's, it's padding to mm-hmm. wait for the kills. Yeah. Some creative kills, but not like the best kills. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give this movie five it's just so -hmm. so average that it's just it's it's the weakest one unanimously yeah unanimously even though like it has that commentary about the wine scenes and all the meta but god like this movie is like it is disappointing but it's still a good movie i'm not saying it's the worst movie ever made but yeah it's no 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 but yeah, that's Scream 2 and 3. Oh, and then with the oh, next man. one, baby. Oh. Next one, Raul. Oh. You aren't sick of him yelling yet. Yelling into the microphone. You better buckle up. And Scream 4 is a masterpiece. Uh, oh my god, when we get there. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. I'm working on getting somebody to... We're working on a guest mm-hmm. as well. Um, Somebody that I love as well. Mm-hmm. Just like... In general, because mm-hmm. they're amazing. But uh, yeah, that's another episode. <laughs> like we're already halfway done with the month. Yeah, isn't, isn't that weird? And, and also because we're at the beginning to the of the hype. Month. 
or for Scream 5. Will the guys from Ray or Not will reckon all of the sequels? Will they do a Halloween that the only the first one is the only one in, in the timeline? I'm just I just want to see the movie just to know already all of the answers. But not in my movie. Ah, uh, not in my movie. But uh. as always, you can follow you can follow the podcast and SYNS pod on Twitter. Also, please, you can follow me at RobertRDC on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd, and on TikTok at RobertRDC and Jubilee. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at MasterPuns196. Every word starts with a capital letter. You can also follow me on Instagram at BillyBatsonsLightning. Nothing is capitalized. And you can also follow me on Letterboxd at MasterPuns196 as well. And yeah, just make sure to give us a five-star review and write a review mm-hmm. like that asshole. I haven't said that in a while. And make sure to follow us on Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, um, wherever podcasts are listened to. And as always, see you next summer. Dun, 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 dun. I cannot do the ghost though. <laughs>